For you were as sheep going astray, but now you are converted to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The last sentence of today's epistle, taken from the first epistle of St. Peter, uses an interesting title for our Lord. It calls him Pastorum et Episcopum, Shepherd and Bishop of Souls. Our Lord in today's Gospel says about himself, I am the Good Shepherd, and he continues, The Good Shepherd give his, gives his life for his sheep. St. Peter in his epistle refers to this title of our Lord as the Shepherd, but he adds his own title, Episcopum. This Greek word means something like supervisor, but also expresses the fullness of the priesthood represented in the episcopacy. Our Lord is the Good Shepherd, and He is also the High Priest, who by His own blood has entered the Holy of Holies and has obtained for us eternal life. The Shepherd and Bishop of our souls communicates to us the fruits of our redemption through shepherds and priests whom He has chosen from among men and ordained for man. Therefore, the Church needs priests. The Church needs priests because it is the will and example of our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, who has entrusted His priesthood to the Church, which calls and chooses those that He sends to us as priests. Therefore, no one can claim a right to the priesthood for himself. It is the free choice of our Lord, to whom He calls to follow Him. When one feels a call to become a priest, he must submit his vocation to the Church, whom Christ has given authority to decide whether it be a true calling or not. We can see this through the history of the saints. St. Francis de Sales, for example, he felt that call but was very hesitant about it because of what he would have to leave in this world and also because of his family situation, his father had planned for him to be a very successful lawyer. But he submitted his case to the Bishop of Annecy, Bishop Granier, and he discerned and also took certain signs to see whether or not he had a true vocation to the priesthood. And the bishop determining that he did, well, facilitated things so that St. Francis de Sales would see his vocation and follow after it wholeheartedly. We should not forget that the prophets of the Old Testament experienced their own vocations as something scary. Moses objected to his at the burning bush, and the prophet Jonah even ran away. How much more should the priesthood of the New Covenant fill us with the holy fear of its dignity, which surpasses that of the angels in heaven? Because as the priesthood comes forth from the sacrifice of the cross, the call to the priesthood is a call to participate in that cross, in Christ's sacrifice. The Church needs priests because they are instruments for the sanctification of Christ's flock. They are the instruments of grace. They sanctify, they teach, and they guide the faithful with Christ's authority. Therefore, there exists in the Church a twofold exercise of power, the power of orders and the power of jurisdiction. 
The first, the power of orders, is a participation in Christ's priesthood and gives the capacity to sanctify Christ's flock. But the latter, that is the power of jurisdiction, gives the priest the authority to exercise the sacramental ministry according to Christ's will. Therefore, no priest can exercise his sacramental powers fruitfully and in union with the intention of our Lord without being under the jurisdiction and obedience of his ordinary, that is, the diocesan bishop or his religious superior. The sacramental and jurisdictional authority have their origin in Christ and serve the same purpose, to keep Christ's flock together and to lead it towards him, towards eternal life. Therefore, one who rejects this holy disposition of things cannot serve Christ's flock, but is a hireling, who leads the sheep astray and abandons the flock when he should protect it. Now the church needs priests because we need priests. We are part of the church, are we not? And so we also need the assistance, the ministry of priests. It would be a grave error to think that the question of salvation and of sanctification is something that happens only between an individual and God. As children need parents, not as beings who biologically produce them, but as guardians and teachers of the fruit of their love, so we need priests to communicate the new life in Christ to us, to wash and cleanse us from original sin, to anoint us with the Holy Ghost, to feed us with the body and blood of Christ, to forgive our sins, to establish us in a state of life, and to strengthen and comfort us when we are ill, and to prepare us when we leave the earthly life to join the communion of saints in heaven. As we need priests, we also need seminarians, men who will hear the calling of God and listen. They need to be virtuous, otherwise they may not hear nor listen. Chaste, generous, and humble must be their hearts in order to combat the concupiscence of the flesh, of the eyes, and the pride of life. Especially for the young, parents need to be vigilant particularly with media, whether it be television, radio, internet, or printed materials. They also must be aware of the companions and the friends of their children to know whether or not bad influences, whether vices might be introduced to their children through those means. Now in themselves, media or companions or whatnot are neutral. However, they are often used for the subversion of our society and culture and therefore used for the subversion of an individual's virtue. Beware then of how your children use their media, and instill in them the virtues which will help them in temptation's battles. What would be these virtues that would help your children to turn away from temptation when they're confronted with it on the media, with the internet, or amongst friends or whatnot? Well, the first is to instill in them a great love for Jesus and Mary. That's they want in all things to be well-pleasing to our blessed Lord, and therefore knowing that certain things are sinful, 
that they would turn away from that because they prefer the love of God to the love of whatever the temptation is tempting them towards. The other virtue to instill in children, and it's very important, not only for virtue but also for their academic or intellectual formation, is to instill in them the virtue of studiosity. It's not a virtue we hear much about, but it's that virtue that moderates the thirst for knowledge. As we know, children and young people are very curious. That is, they want to know different things. St. Thomas of Aquinas places curiosity as the opposite vice of studiosity. Because curiosity goes after information regardless of whether it's useful or pertinent to the person. Whereas studiosity focuses and moderates that thirst for knowledge to direct the person to seek the knowledge of that which he must know for the duties of his state of life, for his studies, and ultimately, and most importantly, for his eternal salvation. And so studiosity would have them turn away from frivolous or dangerous things that they need not know about. And so we can see that that virtue, which even we adults need to practice, would be very helpful in overcoming many temptations, whether it be the temptation towards lust, since the internet and media and so forth have many things that tempt us in that regard, whether it be lack of charity or hatred towards others, since, of course, in these same media we have a lot of things that perk our curiosity and make us start to form rash judgments concerning our neighbor and so forth. So by practicing that virtue of studiosity, it will help us to guide us into what we need to seek to know and, of course, to turn away from that which we do not need to know. And those two virtues will be very helpful for the child to overcome temptations when it comes towards the use of media and also when it comes towards any peer pressure they might receive from their friends or companions. And so let us strive to instill that in our youth so that they, being virtuous, might all the more be ready to hear the call of God towards a vocation should God be calling them to that exalted state. Now the church needs priests because we need and even priests need priests. As a priest, I cannot absolve myself from sins. I cannot anoint myself if I'm sick. I, am also, I also need the spiritual guidance and advice of my confreres. Priests, too, are members of spiritual families, be it in a diocese under the bishop as their spiritual father, or be it in a religious community under a superior. And so even priests need priests, and we see the most how it's important that we have this sacred order, that we have this gift from Christ in the church, and that we make sure that the, those who are called to it hear readily that vocation and that call. So on today, which is also the Sunday of the Good Shepherd, let us make a special resolution to pray each day for vocations, to the priesthood and the sanctification of priests. With that, we should remember that bishops, cardinals, and even the Pope are priests, and we need to pray for them, and also pray that God give us good and holy bishops and leaders for our churches. A special devotion which I, mentioned, which I will mention to you is now very most meaningful. At each Mass at which you assist, 
course, now virtually through the internet, but then later on when you're able to assist physically at Mass. When the priest receives Holy Communion, offer a prayer for him that he grow in unity with Christ the High Priest, whom he then at that moment receives in Holy Communion, and that God will bless us with many holy priests. It is also good to find ways of supporting seminarians with prayers, because they need an abundance of grace in order to correspond to their vocation, especially in our world today, which puts many obstacles and temptations in their way. And with alms, because they also need a roof over their head and food on their plates, and of course their professors need to be recompensed for their job of instilling in the the seminarians their intellectual formation. This is also a very concrete way for us to show our gratitude to our Lord Jesus Christ for the gift of his priesthood, which he continues through his priests and especially for applying his sacrifice of the cross to each of us at every Mass. Which St. Francis de Sales, that great and beloved doctor of the Church, called the center of the Christian religion, the heart of devotion, and soul of piety. And so let us pray for priests, for vocations to the priesthood, the sanctification of priests, and also let us pray that soon we might be able to, in a, more, in a fuller sense, participate at the holy sacrifice of the Mass by the lifting of restrictions and so forth, so that benefiting from this great gift that God has given to the Church of the priesthood, we might use it well for the means of our eternal salvation to reach heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.